With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe. Tell us what you think in the comment section and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Dropped the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert, and I am on my way home from Nebraska. We just did a scouting trip, my father-in-law, Greg, and I, and we figured we'd kind of bring you a little episode of how things went just to kind of help people a little bit. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to give away uh, locations or anything, but uh, we will give away a a few little juicy tidbits to help you scout and find better sign and uh, just get you closer and give you better starting points. So uh, today I'm joined by my father-in-law, Greg Nussie. What's up, Greg? Uh, Not much, just hanging in here. Um, Got our four hours left of our drive home, so... um, Still driving? Still driving. Um, so we went out to Nebraska. We wanted to look for mule deer, maybe even some whitetails, um, and just kind of give us an idea of what we'd be up against. And uh, I'll start off by saying we did not find mule deer bucks with our eyes. We didn't lay eyes on mule deer bucks. We saw does. We saw pronghorn. Uh, bucks and does and babies in fact we found a hell of a spot to to hunt pronghorn for nebraska um, it's not wyoming but it's pretty good we uh pretty much saw them every time we went and could have yep. could have pretty much killed every single one of them i think yep. with a with a bow or crossbow and obviously with a rifle all of them would have died um, and not very far from the truck we were maybe yeah 100 yards uh, away from the truck and um, yeah on that we, one yeah we well really a, uh, the doe and the the pronghorn yep. buck there and then we were probably I'd say a half mile from the truck on the the two does and the baby yeah on evening one we we drove uh, we drove 12 hours 12 and a half hours that day hopped out of the truck put in quick four miles and uh, saw the uh, the pronghorn does and the, the little baby. Um, I think we got about, I don't know, maybe 70, 70 or 80 yards away. Um, and we weren't really being super quiet or careful. Like if we were hunting, <clears throat> we could have got a lot closer. I, I think, but, um, anyway, we did not lay eyes on a mule deer buck while it's depressing. Uh, I have some pretty good feelings as to, uh, why and also um, where we need to be when we go back which we'll kind of get into so we started off in a place that you, you know we were in the sand hills um, and there's not a tree around 
basically. There's a, a couple um, on a very large tract of land, and uh, it was it was hot. And it's a very dry place, too. As a matter of fact, we saw three different species of cactus while we were there. Yeah. Which was kind of surprising because, you know, you think uh, cactus, you see them in the desert. And I don't think this was quite desert, but still, um, seeing cactus Might as well have been a damn idea. desert. Yep. Might, Although, might as well have been a desert. They barely get any rain. And what happens? Chris <laughs> shows up, and here comes the rain. So, I don't know if I'm going to take that as some kind of a like omen like God was like hey just get back in the truck and go to where you think you should go so we scouted there for a couple days uh, put in a bunch of miles with our legs and a crap load with the truck and just couldn't buy any velvet zero inches of antler whatsoever and uh, it's really a tough place to figure out um, we saw <laughs> saw some jackrabbits, uh, ran one. I think I have like two minutes of footage of him running in front of the truck. And I probably started it 30 or 40 seconds maybe after he wouldn't get out of the road. He wouldn't dart to the right or left. So I just started filming him and he ran a marathon basically. I, I bet he ran, I don't know, over a mile in front of the truck. It was crazy. Um, we saw a porcupine, which neither of us had seen in the wild. Always wanted to. That was really cool. And again, like, where the hell is that thing going? Is he picking the <laughs> one of four trees on the million acres there or what? And he was a fat guy too. So he, oh, yeah. he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't missing any meal. So whatever was out there that he was feeding on, there was plenty of it. Yep. Um, we saw a lot of bugs, a lot more than we expected. Um, kind of couldn't get over that. And, and honestly, what was probably the worst was the house flies. Just a regular yep. fly. A uh, couple of ticks. Bite the uh, hell out of you. Yeah, you got a couple ticks on you. Yeah, but, as, but for as much walking as we did, um, yeah. probably not. Probably wasn't terrible uh, as far as ticks are concerned. No. You wouldn't think you'd see ticks in a, in a desert uh, climate like that, but... Sure enough, I picked yep. two of them off of me. Yep. So we decided to scrap that place. Uh, we, we put in a lot of good time in the morning and evening and uh, drove around and just just could not jump up or spot or anything, uh, you know, an antlered buck of any kind. So I thought, well, I know where I've been and where I've seen antlered bucks and where we could start so why would we not just go there and so we did uh we got there and we were getting ready to go down this road we were opening the gate to go down there and somebody pulls up on like a utv and um i didn't know who he was so i kind of just kind of casually asked because the fence was a little different and I, I don't like to screw things up these farmers got enough work to do I'm not trying to break anything so don't want to let their cows out. yeah either. don't want to let the cows out so um, I asked him I'm like hey man this gate's a little different from what it was before you mind helping me out and 
he showed me it was just a piece of wire but I didn't you know I didn't know I didn't want to I didn't want to screw anything up so um, I started talking to him like I do everybody and found out he's the rancher that ranches the place and uh, he started talking a little bit and I asked him if it was all right if we put trail cameras on the water tanks and said oh yeah you know they'll probably get stolen this guy doesn't hunt public so um, I was like all right you know no big deal um, and you know thinking it's it's probably not going to get stolen but at the same rate maybe he knows something I don't so me and Greg are, are talking to him and he's a pretty cool guy uh, he told us where all the good tanks were basically um, which are solar powered tanks the the windmill ones are fine but the problem with the windmill is that it doesn't have you don't have a constant breeze so you don't have a constant even flow of water and so it becomes stagnant and it allows a lot of uh, mosquitoes and you know whatever kind of bugs to get in it and lay their eggs and they're it's covered in insects and then you've got like duckweed and different kinds of mosses and stuff growing over it and it's just not what I'd ever think that a deer would prefer and it really showed when I was out there before we scouted these tanks and we checked too and they had sign there were tracks and droppings and stuff but um when we got to the third tank, you know, they were both covered in moss. When we got to that third tank, it literally reminded me of a crystal clear lake. The water was clear as heck, um, you know, ripply and just looked kind of attractive. And then when we got up there, of course, there's tracks all around the tank. I sat there. I saw nine deer that evening. It was It was phenomenal, and it was a cool learning experience that I never would have known had I not been out there scouting. Um, we hung some cameras, uh, you know, scouted a little bit, hung cameras, and we we found a couple sets of tracks, one in particular. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Greg, but I think it was a big damn deer. Yep, looked to be. I, I confused it for possibly being a little you know four or five month old steer or whatever um little calf and uh then it it branched off and i thought oh damn that's a that's just a big damn deer so um overall it was a pretty cool experience it was awesome to get the father-in-law out here um and it was uh you know again it taught us a lot. We had planned on going to one area and we were going to go there. And I'm so glad, if nothing else, by taking this trip, we ruled that area out and probably saved a crap load of time, a uh, crap load of driving and gas money. And then, of course, time and energy. If you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well, that cuts weight from your clothing, but not from your wallet, check out Huntworth. Whether you're hunting early season in Nebraska, mid season in Ohio, or late season in Iowa, Huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt. 
With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham Lightweight Hunting Pants and the Midweight Shelton Hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions when fishing and hunting. So we've been on the search for a new broadhead this year, and after doing some research and kind of looking around, we found this company called Afflictor Broadheads. We got our hands on some of the heads this summer to test out, and guys, I got to tell you, I believe that this head will be in our quiver this fall. Each and every broadhead is hand-assembled in their Texas facility by people who truly care about your experience. This year, I'll be shooting the K2 Mini and the K2 Hybrid, and I got to tell you, I'm absolutely loving them. They fly great, they're extremely durable, and the penetration is just deadly. I can't express it enough. I also love the practice pin feature these guys came out with. So far, I'm really, really impressed. To learn more for yourself, check them out at afflictorbroadheads.com. So, um, what are your thoughts, Craig? How, how do you think it went? Well, I think that, um, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You don't know how a place is going to be. You know, you hear about it, and this place had a good reputation uh, from other people that we talked to about it. And, um, you know, maybe at that time, uh, what they saw there was uh, was truly what was there. But, we, you know, this time around, you know, maybe something has changed since then. But, um, you know, and we, and we gave it an honest effort. We did a lot of, the other thing that's kind of difficult about the first place is that the access is not very good. Oh. It's a, um, uh, oh. it's an area that is v very well protected as far as the wildlife is concerned. And it's uh, a lot of uh, bird hunting and, uh, you know, stuff like that, I think, goes on there. A lot of lakes, um, like Chris said, very moist and, uh, and boggy. A lot of mosquitoes, a lot of birds eating the mosquitoes, uh, but, but very difficult to access. So, so you're doing a lot of uh, either driving, and sometimes you can't, you know, you just can't drive to get there. The only way to see it is by, by foot. So you're putting a lot of time in, and it's it's rather discouraging, you know, to put that much time in and really kind of kind of come away empty-handed. So. You know, we had a de decision to make. We had probably done about half of the 45,000 acres. You know, do we do the other half or do we just kind of, um, you know, call it quits here and let's move on to a place that we think uh, holds more promise. So in the end, we decided that, you know, if we've seen half of it and we see absolutely no sign at all of any kind of bucks, you know, let's go someplace else and, uh, you know, check that out. So. We went to the second place. The second place seems to be a lot more promising. There's a lot more cover, a lot more trees. Basically, where we were uh, at the first place, there were literally no trees, no trees. It was like it was like the Badlands. I don't know if you're familiar with the Badlands. The only difference was this had vegetation on the hills. It wasn't just plain old sand like it is in the Badlands. So, you know. Like I said, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You don't know what's there until you put your feet on the ground and uh, and and walk through. You know, we had heard rumors of uh, of, of huge 170-inch uh, uh, muleys, uh, muley bucks out there, and um, hey, you know, 
the only way you know if those rumors are true or not is you got to go check them out. So a little disappointed, but like I said, you know, education's expensive. Uh, doesn't make make any difference how you get it, whether it's trade school, whether it's college. It's always learning is an expense is an expensive undertaking, and this is no different. You know, we spent a, a lot of money on gas. We had a couple of hotel rooms. Um, did some, you know, a little bit of camping, one night of camping, but um, but all in all, you know, it was it was an expensive trip, yep. and um, you know, but I feel encouraged that the second place that we went to, I, I believe, uh, holds a lot of promise, and hopefully, uh, when the hunting season rolls around, we'll we'll have uh, you know a, a bunch of intelligence uh, from these cameras, and uh, hopefully, we can uh, look and see which way they're coming from, and you know, different things like that and try to work up a game plan actually before we get there. So, you know, a lot better than going in blind and trying to figure everything out, you know, two days before the season opens, we have a little bit of time to look these things over and uh, kind of make up a little bit of a, a strategic plan to put ourselves in, uh, you know, in a position to, you know, become uh, successful. Amen to that. Man, I didn't even think to talk about that. The access was... It's, it's what you'd want in a hunt, but the problem is, is this specific area doesn't allow camping at all. So if I can go on a backcountry hunt, I'm there 100%. I purchased a tent for it this year. I was excited to try something like that. And when I found out we couldn't camp, man, the, the closest campsite was nearly an hour away where we could camp, and the hiking <clears throat> was not something, it was just not something that I think would be realistic if you hiked to, say, the farthest part of the WMA, because you're going to hike for three hours before you're even hunting, so that means you have to wake up, you know, it gets... What, what did it get daylight there, like 5 o'clock? Or, it was yeah. something crazy, super early. Yep. So if you have almost an hour drive and you have three hours of hiking and it gets daylight at 5, five o'clock, 5.04, something like that, well, you do the math. What time you got to wake up? One, two, like that's... Yeah. And then if you do that the next day, well, now you've went to bed at what? midnight <laughs> might as well stay there and yep. get a ticket basically you know you're you're just screwed yep. so it's one of those things where we made the decision you know if you could camp there awesome if you had a horse awesome something like that otherwise it's not something that's realistic for an archery hunter who has four days we have four days when we come back to get it done if you have two weeks and you can backcountry hunt, or you got a horse, or you can rifle hunt, then we're talking about a completely different scenario. Um, still probably decently tough, but it's different. So that being said, we're pretty excited. We found some amazing looking water tanks. Uh, got to see some gorgeous songbirds out there. Um, and, uh, just some really beautiful scenery, you know, watching the trains go down the tracks while you're driving next to them and sunrises and sunsets and everything. It's pretty cool. So, um, 
all in all, I agree. The expense, the education is expensive, uh, but to me, it's it's kind of worth it. You know, if we know, like when I think about if this was our hunting trip, and we would have drove out there to the place that we don't want to be. Man, that'd be depressing as hell. Yep, that would be a disaster. Because then you're scrambling, then you're behind, and you don't want to be behind when you drive, you know, 17 hours to get somewhere. So, with that being said, now we'll kind of switch it over a little bit and talk about the expo. We got the expo coming up. Uh, this episode will air Sunday night, Monday morning. Um <clears throat> We've got the Mobile Hunters Expo coming up for all of our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate all your support, and I'm sure you've heard me ramble on and on about this, but in case somebody has forgotten, needs some details or whatever, it is July 30th and 31st. We are having a private event on the 29th, that Friday, but those tickets have already been sold out. Um, we have the... Uh, we have the expo opening up at 9 a.m. and running to 5 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Demos running the majority of the day from Greg Staggs, Jacob Emery, Jake Bush, Aaron Ritter. It is $13 online, and you can purchase your tickets at eventbrite.com. Um, you can find the link on the Mobile Hunters Expo Facebook page, and uh, I'll have Rick put the link in the description for this podcast as well. It'll be $20 at the door if you wish to pay with cash or Venmo or whatever at the door. And then um, we'll be selling all kinds of raffle tickets and uh, the expo shuts down Saturday at 5 and then we're going to set up for the film festival on Saturday evening and that'll run from 7 to however long the film festival goes depending on how many entries we have to remind those people that are entering the film festival still uh the deadline is july 26th and that is tuesday i believe um once those are all submitted i will get everybody everything uh put into adobe and i'll splice them all together and we'll have a badass time together and sit down and watch uh those tickets are also available on eventbrite.com if you're a vendor you do not need a ticket and if you are a film fest participant as in someone who has submitted a film you do not have to buy a ticket either so i'm pretty excited about the event uh you can find my father-in-law working there obviously i'll be there and a bunch of our team members will be there working and helping people out um pretty excited to see what everybody thinks about it we worked really hard um, what other details am I leaving out? Uh, let's see here. Address. The, uh, the address, I believe, is 7662 Ekmansville uh, Road, and that's in Winchester, Ohio. It's at the Willow Event Center. And uh, we will have all kinds of saddles, platforms, climbing sticks, steps, ring of steps, um, stands, you name it, to test and try out. You can shoot from them, whatever you want. There's going to be some amazing education and information uh, regarding ascending and descending trees and 
how to set up on these mature bucks and all that. It's going to be a really good time. It's going to be one big sort of party slash family reunion. A lot of these companies have never met each other. And to me, that's kind of special that they're doing this at an event that myself and my friends and family have created. So uh, pretty, pretty honored for that. So, Chris, what about um, can you bring your own bow and, uh, yeah. and shoot it there at the event? Yeah, we highly encourage people to bring their own bow so that they can shoot from a saddle or a stand or, uh, you know, a one stick or a platform, you know, whatever. And uh, please bring field tips on your arrows. No broadheads of any kind, please. Um, and before you test gear or shoot your bow, you will have to sign a waiver um, just to protect us legally. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun time. There's all kinds of absolutely amazing raffles. Um, XOP hooked up with the Amsteel guy, and uh, he created some some uh, attachments and aiders for the stands and sticks and um, all that. And then uh, you know, Elevate's giving a stand and sticks away. I mean, they're just, we've got we've got a ton of slick setups to raffle off. We've got an AR-15 uh, platform 350 Legend that we're raffling off. We've got some bourbon. We've got, my God, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can get free cups of coffee while you're there in the morning. Um, there'll be a couple of food trucks. Well, we'll have a food truck, and then we're going to have a specialty drink truck as well. And uh, there'll be restaurants relatively close to, but I encourage you to slam those food trucks with business. Of course, they're, they're pretty cool people fellow foodies um you got anything to add gregor nope i think we pretty much covered it all all right um if you have any questions at all dear god please 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 don't hesitate to reach out uh contact me rick cates or josh luck uh, via facebook instagram doesn't matter you can message us on the mobile hunters expo page whatever you want to do and we'll get back to you immediately um other than that guys we really appreciate you tuning into this episode uh shout out to um spartan forge for sponsoring the expo shout out to latitude outdoors for sponsoring the film festival and a special shout out goes out to uh magnus broadheads as well for sponsoring the deers and beers night um and of course, we want to thank our sponsors uh, for this podcast, uh, Huntworth. They're absolutely phenomenal. Um, another thing I'd encourage you guys to do, you know, this will be kind of my concluder. Figure out what setup you want to use if you haven't already for deer season. We're coming up so close here in the Midwest. Um, Kentucky opens in a little over a month, and we're about two months out from Ohio and a lot of other states. Uh, it's going to be here before you know it. Take your bow and get your strings and everything replaced now so that you're not waiting eight weeks to get your bow back when they're slammed in August and September. And uh, figure out, you know, the arrows and just everything you want to use. Uh, 
you know, check out some different broadheads if you're thinking about trying some new ones out. A couple of them I like. I love the afflictor broadheads. I like uh, if, if you're talking about um, sort of a hybrid slash expandable and then they have good fixed blades too. Uh, another one you can check out is Dirtnap and then, or uh, yeah, Dirtnap makes a solid fixed blade and then um, uh, one of the other ones I've used that is really, really good, I got really good results with is the, uh, the Bloodsport Grave Digger. I used that last year and uh, it's pretty good but I'll be shooting some afflictors this year um, we've been doing a little work with them and so far I've shot at 70 yards I don't think I popped 80 yet I did set like 72 at my buddy's house and uh, man they fly like a dart they're they're slick which not to use the marketing junk with you guys um, as long as a broadhead any broadhead flies well for the most part if they spin true on an arrow spinner then you're good to go then after that it's up to you with your tuning and your form but uh just wanted to kind of throw out some things you got any last last words concluders anything gregors nope i think uh, i think we're all good i anxious to get home yeah. after our ordeal here got a few hours under our belt yet to, to get done but um all in all, a very fun trip. I, I enjoyed it. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad you came with me and looking freaking forward to uh, coming back out here together and putting down a couple of out-of-state mule deer or whitetail bucks, man. Watching, yep. them, watching them deflate. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, guys, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We really appreciate, appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you all at the Expo. Bye.